0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This
1: month, Hate will release their 11th full-length, Arak Gates of Valus, via Metal Blade Records. Arak Gates of Valus is a titanic record that is both organic and dynamic-sounding and may well be the finest of Hate's storied career. Purchase your copy now at MetalBlade.com. .com/hate once more new record by hate purchase your copy now metalblade.com/hate i want to remind you guys that this show is sponsored by rockabilia need to stock up on some of your favorite band merch go to rockabilia.com and put some on your wish list they're the one-stop shop for all your band merch needs need to buy a gift for someone and know what bands they're into pick up something from rockabilia you won't be disappointed with the selection and you can get 10% off with the code PCJabberJaw. So head on over to rockabilia.com and use the promo code PCJabberJaw and save 10% today.
2: It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, friends out there. It is I, your host, Petra Spych. I'm always joined by... My name is Brandon Hahn. You got that? And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Mr. Han Comedy. and to it on your knuckles. And the person texting right now
0: is Jocelyn Sharp. At Jocelyn Sharp on Twitter and Instagram.
2: Such a millennial. <laughs>
0: okay, first of all, don't be mad at me because of my youth.
2: I am very mad at you because of your youth. I'm not
0: texting, I'm just looking at pictures of cats. Okay,
1: perfect. <laughs> if you guys want to follow me, I'm at, at Rise2Offend on Facebook and Twitter, Rise2OffendOfficial on Instagram. This week. We have none other than Nocturnal Cultu from Dark Throne. We are here to talk about their new album, Old Star, which is out now. But before we get to the interviews, we always jump in and talk about the Metal Sucks news. This week, sad story. End of an era, possibly. But we're all going to stay positive here. As I'm sure you guys know, Dave Mustaine of Megadeth did tell the world that he has been diagnosed with throat cancer. Now, the treatment that he is doing, the regimen shows a 90% success rate, um, and he or- has already begun that. So to stay positive is very good, but throat cancer for someone that is of his age, um, someone that is a vocalist, this may be, um, this in a lot of ways, this may be the end of Megadeth.
2: Yeah, I mean... You're scraping away at his vocal cords, for God's sakes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, you don't know how you're going to sound. There's got to be some kind of panic going on right now with Dave Mustaine, wondering what the future holds for him. But thankfully, it is a 90% success rate. You know, again, well wishes. Dave, get better. That's pretty much all I could say. I mean, that band is pretty much responsible for part of my youth. Yeah. You know, I mean, Megadeth, I understand that they were a, a descendant from the Metallica umbrella, but then they went and totally did their own thing. And. I mean, I remember the song Sweating Bullets, and I mean, when I was a kid, I was like, this is a song talking directly to me. He wrote this song specifically for me, and it was so wonderful, you know, and and the things that he brought to the table, and the demons that he has already had to overcome, and now this. I I think Dave's got this hands down. I really do. I just think that he's the kind of stubborn individual that won't let this beat him.
1: You can argue that Dave Mustaine is the most talented guy of that thrash era. That came. You oh yeah, can, you can argue from, like you said, the early the Kill 'Em All records or whatever he did with Metallica, all the way through, you know, the early '90s stuff that they did. Euthanasia isn't a phenomenal record, which I know is 25 years old, and they've still been very relevant the last you know years and all that stuff that we're, we're talking about. But then, but if you look at the classic era and that time frame of what he did, yeah, he's arguably one of the most, if not the most inventive
2: and important person in thrash metal. You said the word inventive. That voice is so 100% unique. That delivery is so, only Dave, you know, only Dave can do that. The political themes, all this stuff that he brought.
1: To I think the early days is is very important. I don't like talking like this because we're talking like he's not here. Well, right? Or he's he's over, very much
0: part of the Mount Rushmore of like for metalheads. I think for a lot of us, he's up there, and so it it's sad. It, it's sad for us to see our our, our hero struggle. But my hope is just the same as yours, Brandon. I think that he's you know he's really going to fight this thing tooth and nail, and it's going to be fine.
2: You know, and again, it's like you were talking about albums. It's like I mean, Rust and Peace to me that was like. I heard Rust in Peace before I heard Justice for All, and I just worshipped that album. I put Rust and Peace in Peace in top three. Yeah, I mean, that album is unstoppable. Peace sells in
1: top ten. They get better. That's all I have to he's say. He's a special hu- human being, and I, it, this sounds like in a lot of ways for a lot of people, like this is going to be a rough road, and, and you might not be able to get back to it. But if anybody can... If anybody can get back to absolutely 100% and doing exactly the touring
2: cycle that they've been doing, Dave Mustaine is probably that guy. It's yeah. his
0: superpower. Yeah.
2: I think he's got this beat, no doubt. I mean, it's like, but to to see how much that guy has grown yeah. since I've been a giant fan, it's it's unbelievable. And he really is an inspiration to us all. I mean, that's somebody you can look at
1: very true so get better dave and i know he's canceled the psycho vegas show which he was coming out here he was headlining and he's canceled all the remaining tours except we believe the mega cruise but i know fans out there completely understand and and just want him to get better so moving on to the next story let's let's talk about a story that i'm obviously not a fan of streaming we know that i I don't want to be a dead horse everybody that listens to the shows know that places like Apple Music or Spotify will never get a dollar of my money <laughs> like obviously I will never you know pay these people for music that they don't pay artists right or YouTube or whatever so anyways but let's let's talk about Spotify here Spotify they say they overpaid songwriters in 2018 and they want their money back uh, go fuck yourself
0: <laughs> All right, let's... overpaid yeah let's
1: let's uh let's uh let, let me read when in this article here It turns out, however, that there was some additional and underreported complexities to the CRB decision concerning Spotify student discount offers and its family plan bundles, which allows up to six family members to stream premium Spotify for a single price of just $14.99 a month. Because of this additional complexity, Spotify has now calculated that, respectively, according to the CRB decision, many music publishers actually owe it money for 2018 due to an overpayment based on the prior rates. And guess what? It wants their money back. The article continues, saying Spotify isn't expecting the publishers to hand over the money that it's owned right away. Instead, this negative balance will be treated as an advance by the company, which will be recouped from its 2019 royalty payouts to
2: publishers and by associations, their songwriters. Mm. Spotify, you are responsible for artists being damn near broke and it's suffering i mean it's like <laughs> prostitution
0: at this point yes. like you're, this this is like asking a prostitute for change that's yeah. what this is it's like giving a prostitute 20 and then being like well you owe me five like
2: a bunch of goddamn what pimps what
0: the fuck is wrong with these people like what are you gonna get out of this like what is your point in this whole thing like these people are providing endless content for your fucking app and you're you have the nerve to turn around and be like well you need to pay us back
2: yeah and by the way it's your fuck up Yes. It's your fuck up. Yes. You're the ones that did it. At least just swallow it and then ex- and then point out to him next time like, look, this is how things kind of went. And it, and it's the artist' decision if he wants to be if they want to be on Spotify or not. Is at this point,
1: unfortunately, like artists are they're, they're, their hands are tied because the yeah. consumer wants it, so they have to if they want to be heard, they got to be on the platform. You know, it's unfortunate, but the streaming service also. I don't know if you guys know that, but between. 2018 and 2022, the U.S. Copyright Royalty Board mandate would raise pay rates for songwriters and publishers. Spotify is appealing that so they can keep them as low as they are. Now, again, there's nothing positive to the artistic merit, value, or compensation for artists for this platform. Nothing. It's all negative. So we as consumers need to get over convenience and start putting our foot down for Products that affect the whole art form. People's lives. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, our lives. In essence, if the bands we love want to stop making music because they're not getting fucking paid and we take them for granted because of shit like this? And yeah, do you know
0: where this is headed? Where, where, As, as I'm going to bitch about this, you know where this is headed is you're going to pay $15 a month for Spotify Premium and then artists are going to get tired of it and your favorite artists are going to start their own platform. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're paying $8.99 for Metallica oh, that's exactly- and $9.99 for Slay. Yeah, look exactly- at boxing. That's, what, do, that's no, exactly at, what happened with boxing. Look at TV. Yeah.
2: Netflix came out. Now you have a Paramount network. Now you have a DC network. Disney. Now you have a Disney network. Now you have Hulu. You got Now every single movie studio is going to have its own streaming service. So now, instead of just paying the $15 a month that you would have for HBO, for example, now you're going to have to pay $5 a month for Paramount, $5 a month for Warner Brothers, $5 a month for DC, $5 a month. And guess what? Now, it's, everything's going to just get way, way, way more expensive, and the whole time you're like, oh, well, this is what i got to do for convenience. Well, no. You fucked yourself.
0: Everything's going to go to a Patreon-style platform where content creators are going to get their money directly from their audience if they keep getting fucked like this. Like, this is what's happening in comedy. It's what's happening in entertainment. It's going to happen in music. And what's Patreon, though?
1: It's like they take a cut for people that want to pay their artists just to have a place for them to go. Same thing. Like, the, the entertainment industry is making money now on the business side. It is. It's making money on the business side again because all these things are this, but who's not making the money are the fucking content creators because it doesn't, the content doesn't matter anymore because of how much there is out there. But that's the problem. That's, that's gotta be something in us that'd be like, dude, fuck that. This content does matter. It does make our lives difference. We need to respect it as art. That's it. I don't want to fucking high horse again. I do it every fucking week. I got to stop.
0: <laughs> right? You so, don't do it every week.
1: <laughs> I, I do it that. often. I do it often. His
2: high horse, though, here's the deal. Yeah. His high horse, like, there's parts of me where I'm like, dude, get off the high horse. But then the high horse is usually right Pete's, in this yeah, situation. His, yeah, I
0: mean, he's right. He, he is right. You know, I know that I'd make more of an effort to like purchase things that I'm, I'm you know, buy, buy merch of bands I like, buy, yes. you know, whatever I can do to support them. Like, if you're really out there saying, like, I love that band, well, know that without you loving them with your wallet, too, they're not going going to be able to continue to create what they do
1: absolutely man and so spotify th- this story being out there i'm really hoping there is some sort of backlash to it let, feels
0: so super villainy know, to me oh,
1: don't, you know what a super villain that we all probably know here in america is walmart and guess what they never have been hurt by us we continually support them despite how awful they treat their employees we don't care The consumer only cares about convenience in a a time that is overwhelming, and all we got to do is get from point A to point B to point C every day. So that's the thing. We can't overthink things. We just have to move. And that's why they will stay on top, and we will keep bitching about it. (laughs) Keep bitching. (laughs) Next story. And this is like – Another cell phone throwing story kicking. We've we've seen so many of these lately. Rob Halford did it recently, and uh, people always have opinions. Uh, This time it's Tom Morello. It happened last week, but he did respond to the backlash over his cell phone throwing incident. For people that didn't see it, there's a bunch of people on stage, and uh, he was jamming out. No big deal. Some guy leaned in, tried to take a selfie. He takes the phone, Tom Morello. And many artists will take your phone, as I've seen at concerts and it has occurred, and they'll take a picture of themselves or they'll sing it to the mic, and then give your phone back like a video. You know, as like for their fans. People have done that before. So the guy just hands over Tom Morello the phone, and Tom Morello throws that into the audience.
0: But Tom didn't miss a chord. I just like to point yeah, out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and of course, like he invited these people on stage. So this was his response to all this backlash on this, and then we'll discuss it real quick. When you invite guests to your stage, your and clearly tell them, if you stick a cell phone in my face, I will throw it, and then their uncontrollable, entitled selfie urge overcomes their sense of reason, they get their fucking phones thrown. Simple.
2: Now, if he's already warning people, that's mm. their fault. That's their fault. I mean, let me, let me put it that way. I will say that there is a market marketable approach to that, letting people take the self, self, selfies while you're playing guitar and look into the camera, eh, I'm, I'm with the fans. I mean, there is a marketable approach to that, but... If you tell them straight up, just get on stage, and if you want to be a part of this moment, keep your fucking phone in your pocket.
0: But if he didn't say that, then I kind of think, I think that that's wrong. I don't think that that's okay. I mean, your your fans are all middle class people with jobs, with 40 hour work week that he can't, probably can't afford a new phone, you know? Like, there's something to be said for the human element for of it for me, where it's just like, part of you has to be like, look, man, I know you love me, like, take your fucking picture, like, let's just, you could have just moved through the moment, I think.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm kind of at this point, and I think we as a culture should maybe get there. Is that, uh, unless you're videotaping me, like in the bathroom, taking a crap or peeing? I guess it doesn't matter.
2: Videotape me all day. <laughs> yeah. Every, I don't know what scenario. There's phones when, everywhere. Like, but, but you know, like, like always, there's certain things that are like, like I said, are videotape me all day is one thing. Put a phone in front of my face while I'm doing my job. You're is not. Another.
0: Well, I'm a famous musician who I invited on my fan on stage who's very excited to be standing next y- to me.
2: You're not wrong. You're
1: you, I'm, I'm usually Agreed. on that side. Agreed. I, but I think it's getting to the point where it's like. You have to expect it, her- it. It hurts it more. Yeah, you have to expect it, dude. You're Listen, people, artists out there, your fans are <laughs> drunk idiots, okay? You're going to have 90, 97 to 98% of your fans will be respectful, sing the songs, and being great. And you're going to have 2% who own every one of your records, who listen to you every day of their lives, who fucking try to push your shit on other people that are straight pieces of garbage assholes and will not respect you and are only selfish dicks, right? Probably on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs>
0: fucking Spotify Guarantee assholes. Guarantee
1: you they fucking pay for Spotify, <laughs> <laughs> okay?
0: Um,
1: but you gotta understand that you can't choose your fans and you need to respect them in all environments. Uh, that's that's the way I see it. I,
0: I agree with Pete. We're in this world now where all of a sudden people think just because you don't agree with someone you yeah. shouldn't respect them and that's not the way the world is. You should You should be in this world with people who have different opinions than you who you think are horrible people and still be able to be humane to them. Like, that's what being humanity is. It's how you behave.
1: Damaging someone's property when they are disrespectful, as this guy was. This guy's a douche. And like I said, he's part of the 2% assholes. He shouldn't have done this. But again, it's always the second action that gets seen. It's always the second... Okay, you took it here and you're a fucking dick. Well,
2: I took it past that line and now I'm the dick. Well, now I look at it like the rich yeah. guy threw the poor guy's phone into the audience, which is very, very much what it, Rage Against the Machine is against. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. there you go.
1: Well, Rage Against the Machine doesn't exist. Prophets of Rage is horrible. Well, you went very deep with that one. That. You went
0: deep with that one. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I, mean, I feel like... Are I- you saying that Tom is a, <laughs> <laughs> a hypocrite? I believe I
3: am. <laughs> Holy
1: shit. I don't
0: want to say say... this young this man is a douche because for all we know this is his first concert for all we know this is his favorite band you're
1: giving him too much Uh, yeah you're giving him too much
0: but you never know the middle
1: ground i'm not gonna look at his financial ways i'm not gonna look at anything like i'm just gonna look like there was a guy that was excited on stage to be on like holy shit i'm in this moment where i'm i'm with tom rello and instead of enjoying the moment like most people these days they feel they have to capture nonsense with their phone i feel he got caught up in that moment and then you know he lost all his pictures of his friends his families and his dick picks they're gone now and so I mean,
0: that's that sucks for what him. would shea
1: Guevara say we've
0: been on we've been on record yeah. saying that we don't think there's any reason to record anything at a concert because you're never going to watch that video oh, again shit. ever ever are you going to listen to that awful audio again. so i agree but also
1: i feel for the guy yeah so um. Yeah. case by case on the phone throwing thing. Rob Halford, on the other hand, I'm glad he kicked that fucking phone. Leave him alone. He's 70. <laughs> yeah. Leave him the fuck alone. <laughs> Respect impressed. your elders. I'm yeah.
0: impressed he could kick that accurately. That that little surface area at if, 70 if is, you is quite... you
1: he didn't go after the show and have a whole leg full of Ben Bengay, and just fucking <laughs> yeah, be like, yeah, no shit. I am in pain right now. I don't
2: know why Does I kicked anybody so have
0: out. ibuprofen?
1: That was <laughs> seven-year-old adrenaline kick. Dude, that he, wasn't meant to exactly. happen. Exactly.
2: After he injured himself, kicking that phone. He screamed for vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. Next <laughs> concert,
1: he, he got a fucking a cortisone shot in his ass, dude. That kick was Ready real.
2: to
0: kick. He's training, kicking cell phones every, <laughs> yeah. every weekend. Yeah.
3: People holding a bag with a cell phone just on it. A, God, mo- a
0: montage of him in the woods kicking cell phones hanging out of tree, Tie trees. boxing
1: it. Yeah, he'll slap the next one. He ain't gonna lift his leg yeah. over his head like that again. <laughs> so good job, Rob Halford. Tom Morello. I don't know. You just always seem...
2: <laughs> oh Tom Maybe I'm just... kidding I'm kidding no yeah. you're not no you're rage not.
1: against the machine is, is a great oh, band, first but... off
2: rage against the machine is incredible and I liked audio slave they were really good too but it's like look man Every time that guy opens his mouth, he tells he tells us how to live. He tells us he tells us how to live, and he's telling everybody else, "Fuck you! I won't do what you tell me." So it's like
0: it feels like he's the kind of guy that would order for the whole group at a restaurant, and you're like, "We didn't, yeah, exactly, agree to this." I don't want I don't want tofu cheese. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Eat it. I'm Tom Morello. Okay, you, right, got right, so. you got it. I guess <laughs> you got
2: it. Yeah, I voted for Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone, Tom. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. Hi, you Hugo Chavez.
1: <laughs> Anyways, um,. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're so used to bagging on Danzig. So Tom Morello,
2: he's got a little Danzig
0: really totally bag easy on. Tom Morello is very easy to
2: bag on. He
3: is so. the, I think, see, I the think thing.
0: we're building a good, we have, we, we Ozzy will bag on, we'll bag on Danzig, we'll bag on Tom Morello. But we'll I'd bag on
1: Dave Mustaine. Dave Aww. Mustaine. Aww. Oh, we've done it in the past.
0: We'll bag on, <laughs> we'll bag on that heroin band.
2: Oh, love the, the heroin faceless. band. The faceless. Oh, we, so good. The heroin The heroin band. By the way, they should just, yeah, by the way, they're not the, faceless anymore. what's up if Cleveland,
0: they, we're the Heroin Band. We're the Heroin Band
2: <laughs> and then it not out. Hashtag Anyone the,
0: else feeling sleepy tonight?
2: <laughs> Make sure to catch the Heroin Band
1: on <laughs> Summer Slaughter. <laughs> hey.
3: yeah, all just, I have to say, all I
1: have to say is with that, let's get into my interview with Nocturnal Cultu of Dark Throne. <laughs> Everybody, what's going on? It's Petter with the Metal Sucks podcast on the phone I have Nocturnal Cultu of Dark Throne. We are here to talk about the new album, Old Star, which is out right now, guys. It's been getting a great reaction from the metal community. At this stage in your career, um, how do you feel when you get the reviews and the recognition? Does it resonate with you the same as it used to?
4: I haven't uh, really been able to to pick up much of the uh, you know reception of this album. Uh, but I, uh, I get some messages from now and then, and uh, so people telling me it's uh, it's doing okay. And I think that's – I know that Arctic Thunder uh, uh, got a great reception, and uh, so I thought, uh, you know, All-Star is probably going to have it as well because, you know – I see Old Star as some kind of an amplified version of Arctic Thunder. Somehow, I don't know why uh, people may disagree, but uh, we, uh, we we tried to uh, we we liked the, the the direction Arctic Thunder took, so uh, so we wanted to build upon that basically. But even though I think Old Star turned out to be a bit of a slower album. Um, but uh i mean we're satisfied man
1: now i felt the same way of what you just described it seemed like they it is a, a little bit of a growth from arctic thunder but it has a different almost an emotional element do you what do you feel of old star is, as the creator what has motivated the emotional element for this record
4: well uh i can only speak for my own songs and um and I think uh, since I, I, after we were done recording uh, the underground resistance, uh, then we played a bit more maybe traditional metal stuff, uh, uh, like, you know, sp- you know, uh, heavy metal, speed metal, I don't know. Uh, so uh, on Arctic Thunder, I, when I started doing Arctic Thunder, I wanted to explore a bit more of the... You know, the the way we, you know, the the more traditional uh, black metal kind of vibe. And uh, I did on Arctic Thunder and on All Star, I think we both wanted to push it even further in the the direction that Arctic Thunder had. So that's why I say All Star is probably a bit more amplified uh, version of Arctic Thunder.
1: Now, you put out a brief statement prior to the release, kind of, of the record. And one of the states that said was, uh, it's like the 80s never left, and the record is more metal than ever. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, tell me about these descriptions um, for Old Star, what that meant to you.
4: Uh, Well... (sighs) first of all i uh, didn't uh, it's probably something Fenris says
1: yeah uh, I, I was thinking that he's got the humor yeah to him. yeah
4: <laughs> yes 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 so uh but i guess it's it's a funny statement because um, well it's it's uh, very strange you know sitting here like after 30 over 30 years and this is our 18th album and uh and we're more metal than ever, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's uh, there's something going on, like uh, when we did the uh, the Arctic Thunder. You know, we're trying to to do that album a bit more, uh, a bit more strict uh, songwriting uh, compared to the previous albums. That has been like a more of a wild kind of adventure uh, in in uh, in how the songs are built up and and, and the riffs and everything so we're trying to to do it a bit more you know strict like um uh, and i think we succeeded in that and and um uh, so it it was basically getting a bit more metal on arctic thunder even more you know so yeah, but all the statements, I, I don't know. I'm uh, just, uh, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's funny. Uh, it, it's funny after all this year, you know, we probably are more metal than ever. That's, that, yeah,
1: I, I get it. Now, on this record, uh, you wrote music for three songs. Fenris wrote music for three songs. And I believe yep. he wrote all the lyrics, if, if I read the sheet yes, right. But, yes, that's right. So yep. when you guys do that, do you like having kind of a, a split? Of the songwriting, like musically, do you guys feel that because the way it's set up on the record, it's like your song, his song, your song, his song, your song, his song. So it's it's almost yes, like your voices that, go. That's on purpose.
4: Uh, no, that, oh. that was not on purpose. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, because on on the on Arctic Thunder, I think it was a bit different mix up. But uh, but we we make uh, equally amount of songs, and uh, our recording process is very. Uh, Struggly, I mean, we <laughs> that is, I mean, I, I would like to. I mean, doing the, the th- things the way we do is, is very hard. I mean, when we have gone into studio on Arctic Thunder and Old Star, it's in an old bomb shelter that we used to rehearse and record demos in in the late 80s, and uh. You know the acoustics there are horrible, and the the smell is bad. I mean, every it's like going into a war, and uh, but we like that kind of war. I mean, the time is pressing on, and uh, and the and the elements are against us, but uh, we managed to get through it anyway, and uh, so we're happy when we when we when we are done with it. Uh, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, we brought up the 80s metal scene a few times, and I know that was a, a vital time for you in your life to get where you're at. Um, what do you feel about that scene is missing in today's scene?
4: I don't know. <clears throat> you know, since I'm not 19 years old anymore, it's it's uh, more like uh, I'm being uh, much more diplomatic in my views on, on music in general, because I, I know that... Uh, There's something out there for everyone, you know, and uh, I know that uh, music is uh, making my life a better place to be, and probably your life as Mm -hmm. well. And I think, I mean, whatever people listening to, if they, if it, if they, you know, if their, their life is getting, you know, if if the music even, I mean, uh, maybe get you thinking or or make your everyday life more easy to come through i think it's uh i don't you know mind people listening to whatever they want you know it's uh so i, I don't think uh, anything is missing today you just have to you just have to dive into the right places you know uh because after 2000 uh, there was a lot of good things happening in the in the metal underground so uh, yeah there, there's something there for everyone
1: yeah, no I, I completely agree. And then I do also like that you said when you were 19 because I feel like we as people every 5 years we change and we grow. Yeah. Um and yeah. it's so hard to relate to even ourselves 5 years prior at least for me. That's that's how I felt. Um yeah. th- you did do a documentary it was like 12 years ago now the Misanthrope and that told uh, yeah. Tell me how you feel about that project today and have you ever thought about maybe doing a sequel to it in any way to kind of see the growth of the people involved?
4: Uh, right after I was done with the, the misanthrope, I wanted to, uh, make another one, but I was actually so exhausted by doing this, uh, by doing this uh, misanthrope. So I, uh, you know, I got sick of the, uh, even thinking about it. Uh, it took okay. a lot of energy, uh, because I wanted to do some kind of a I was, well, the reasons why I made the misanthrope was kind of simple because I was sick and tired of all the incredibly boring documentaries, which are, uh, so, so I tried to, I wanted to make some kind of a hybrid documentary thing uh, that, you know, maybe showed just, you know, the things I was, uh, the things you see in that film is things that was happening anyway, even though I had the camera with me or not. So it's more of a, I think that's a documentary, uh, maybe. And also I had this uh, kind of a red thread throughout the uh, uh, the misanthrope that was a bit more kind of artistic shit. Uh, but you know that film is is exactly. Uh, what was in my mind you know that was in my head back then that was how i have, how, how i you know view my everyday life back then you know mm-hmm. just going and uh, skiing and uh, i was uh, located at uh, very desolated places uh, all the time
1: and do you do you have that same passion do you think to do like a sequel or revisit it or do you think it's just it should stand alone
4: uh, I, I've been thinking about it uh, a bit uh, once in a while, but uh, and I had actually some kind of good ideas, uh, but it it would be a bit more staged one uh, with with like uh, yeah, uh, but I, I don't think it will happen not not yet at least. Gotcha.
1: Filmmaking in in comparison to writing music, um, which one do you feel is is much more is harder to do for you?
4: oh well making music i can I mean, i've been doing that for like uh a lot of years and uh, i think uh, making film was uh, something i i didn't know about but i've always been interested in in framing things you know like uh and, and pictures and uh, paintings and stuff like that so i have kind of a good idea on on how uh, how i want wanted it to look you know when i made, made a misanthrope and, and uh but I think it, it was very, uh, yeah, it was exhausting. And uh, when I did the final editing on that, uh, I was uh, thinking to myself, my God, you know, uh, is any, anyone going to see it, watch this, you know, this this is just, this is just crazy, you know, I, I didn't, uh, I felt like an alien, you know, and uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Now- one thing I, I do like to bring up, because the legacy and mythos behind like the Norwegian black metal scene, um, it has taken a history that at this at some times when you hear storytellers recant or, or talk about them, it's almost unbelievable. But as you yep. were growing up in that, do you feel the legacy and chaos is represented correctly in modern times, or do you feel it's more watered down and diluted as, uh, as the stories keep getting passed on through the generations?
4: <sighs> well... <sighs> Uh, I haven't really. Uh, I have the impression that is, uh, you know, being there and and how things worked back then was uh, was just uh, crazy. It was chaos, definitely, and and uh, and uh, this kind of a, that people really wanted to to be the the, it was uh, everybody wanted to be extreme you know Mm -hmm. in everything that that could be like about you know talking about uh, what they want to do to people it could be like uh, eating the the spiciest meal uh, more spicy than, than everyone else you know it was like a lot of small things that uh That was back then, Uh, you know, people wanted to be extreme and, um, you know, I moved away from the whole scene in, uh, in 91. So I didn't, uh, I didn't, you know, bother that much after that, but, uh, you know, and a lot of the stuff, it's, 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 uh, it was uh, strange times and uh, usually uh, that is so many years ago and I just, you know, I mean. You know, for us there, we just wanted to forget about it. You know, like uh, for for Fendris and me, we we were just musicians. You know, uh, being interested interested in music. You know, even though we have that crazy times ourselves, of course, because when you're very young, you're kind of stupid, and uh, you know that's that's how life is. Absolutely, no, that's for all of us. Yeah,
1: and 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 yep. one thing about that movement, uh, it was it was an art movement. You know, even though it was music, but do you yep. think that there can ever be an art movement that can generate the same amount of chaos in modern culture, or do you think it's very specific uh, to that time so. frame? Oh, you think so?
4: Yeah, I no, I don't. I don't think so mm. because uh, the, uh, you know it's it's a very uh, you know the whole the whole thing i mean uh, think of, of all the bands emerging from this you know mm-hmm. uh we had this kind of uh, vibe here in norway back then that was uh, very uh, rare um i mean even though uh, i know when we recorded uh, both souls journey and ablaze and Funeral moon there there wasn't really much you know there wasn't so many bands you know it, it, we we felt kind of alone. We didn't have any contact with the with the other bands really. So, uh, but I know it catched on after all the, the 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 happenings. But I I think I like to think that the quality of the music that came from Norway back then is the reason why it is like it is today.
1: I I, I can op- agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the danger element so is is important for for the youth. Do you, do you agree with that or no? Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. I, I absolutely.
1: Old Star is your eighteenth record with Dart Throne. Now, when you have such yeah. a a big catalog with that, sometimes a record gets released and it doesn't get the attention that it, it probably deserves. What record in your mind from your catalog of all these years do you feel didn't get the attention that you wanted it to from audiences?
4: That's a tough questions, but I think uh, one of the things that come to mind is uh, is our album from '96 uh, called "Total Death." That is the probably the I don't know. Uh, there was something uh, that you know just turned wrong in the studio, you know, sound-wise. I, I don't I don't. Uh, but I know many people like that album and. Uh, but back then uh, we didn't get the the attention we we should have had. I mean, we were on a smaller label back then as well. But uh, but uh, the, yeah, I think Total Death is the only album I think you know could be doing a bit you know a bit different sound on that one, and it will you know sound completely different. And sound is the key element here because uh, uh, we like to think that. We, we like to joke around and say that we don't make music for people necessarily to like today. But the thing is that when you put on Old Star or whatever in, in like uh, 15 years time from now, it will sound equally, let's say, fresh, you know, because we are not tainted by this era's all uh modern equipment kind of thing we want our metal to be you know metal and rock and roll should be over the top it should not be it should be as slightly out of control in my opinion and um, that's what we're doing I And mean, we like uh, uh, how the album sound is a big part of the painting you know to make people uh, feel a certain way about it you know instead of having Awful drum sound and awful everything, you know, it's like, it just doesn't work. There's so many albums I really, really wanted to like, but I just can't listen to it because of the sound. It's impossible for me. I uh, I just, I can't do it.
1: And you are the producer of Old Star, and, and you've been doing the producing for your guys's records for a while. Is that one of the reasons that you wanted to take over that spot? Because you, as as we mentioned, you've done so many records at this point that you felt that you could control that as well.
4: Yeah, because in two thousand five we got our own studio, so every album after I mean, from uh, the Cult is Alive and up till now, we have rec- uh, I have recorded everything, and I usually mixed every album as well, and um, but the last years, uh, the last albums uh, we sent to uh, to mastering in the in the U.S. and uh, with great success. And uh, on All Star, we also uh, wanted uh, uh, Jack Control to to do the mixing, and he uh, hired a guy in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I guess it was Chicago, Sanford Parker, uh, to do the actual mixing. Uh, and this is the first time. I send away all the files you know uh, through a uh, you know to another place for mixing and I was uh, it's kind of an unnerving an uh, situation for me because then I don't have any control over it but I know the base recording sounded great so uh, uh, so it turned out great and uh, you know we're thankful to to both uh, Sanford and and uh, and Jack for for making it happen. Uh, and, yeah.
1: And Sanford Parker is somebody that we we talk about a lot on this show. He produced a lot of the records that we love from bands like the Atlas Moth and and a lot of those bands from the Chicago area and Mistium uh, back in the day and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but he's also worked for a lot of you know rock bands out here like Local H. But that's one thing that we were. Um, oh, I was wondering about it. it. Was a question? Is that with the mix you did send it over there? And um, because he he does put out a, a really clean, great product for the genre or, of metal mm-hmm. in general, what notes did you give to him prior to sending it over? Did you just like the first mix that he sent over?
4: No, uh, we didn't like the first mix because mm-hmm. uh, the drum sound was like uh, over the top uh, horrible. And uh, I, I wrote kind of a long mail describing that... Uh, what to do. So I was a bit surprised the drum sounded like that. Uh, but, um, uh, I think it was kind of, uh, but even though the drum sound was not so good at the first, uh, everything else I, I, I understood the, the road he was taking with it. And, uh, so, uh, and that I liked. So when we sorted out the drums and everything, uh, yeah it sounded uh, great and also i had to add that the the guitars on this album i mean when we came to studio uh, recording all star uh, one of our mixing desks was gone so uh, we had a bit of a problem uh, with um, we had to compromise uh, one microphone because (laughs) the way we work is like we playing the all the songs Uh, live like uh, we don't jump in in the somewhere in the song to take that part again or something we like to play the whole stretch live and that's one guitar and the drums so that is the uh, you know uh, the base of our songs it's live so we add stuff later and that's an uh, important thing for us to to uh, to do uh, to sound like that, uh, so when people listen to the album, they know that okay, th- these guys are actually you know playing for us <laughs> here. Uh, so uh, we we do we don't like to to, to fool around with uh, with a lot of uh, modern day you know cutting and uh, gluing uh, stuff. I don't know even how to do it on my studio. So
1: nice, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that you feel that cohesive sound. From from the albums because of that it doesn't seem as uh, cut and paste is the perfect word. Does Dark Throne? It's been thirty years now. Does it does it ever feel similar to raising a child in any way?
4: No, (laughs) (laughs) I I think raising a child is a bit more easy. Ah. Uh, You know, been living with Orphan for so many years. I mean, we we do. I think I know. You know, Fenris and me have has been it's been just the two of us for since like 94 or something. So uh, and uh, it's been a pleasure. And I remember also uh, in the early days when we started out as a band, you know, having having uh, Fenris uh, as a drummer, because I mean, he's, he's immensely talented drummer. I mean, it's, it's like uh, when, when you have that kind of person in a band, when you're 16 years old, is great, because uh, the drummer is, like, you know, pushing everybody else to, to get good as well. So it uh, that was uh, awesome time, and uh, Fenris doesn't really practice drums, so when uh, he sat behind the drums now recording All-Star, he hadn't played drums for, like, three years, and he just plays it, you know? It's like... Uh, it's like it's, it was nothing for him. So.
1: so with Old Star, what's the impact, and what is the the feeling that you want this album to have to the fan base out there?
4: Well, I, I wanted, uh, as almost every other album in uh, the later years, we want it to be like a timeless thing. You know that uh, people could, people can dive into a Dark album, and you know it's uh, it's going to sound the same forever, you know. Uh, we, we want to, we want uh, our space, you know, the dark zone sphere to be, be a place uh, for uh, you can bang your head or you can actually take the whole atmosphere and uh, bring it inside you. Be a better person, be a worse person, I don't know. I'm talking a, a lot of bullshit and I know it. And, uh, but because... I'm not really that social so I, I just I just uh I I'm just full of bullshit really. No, no. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it,
1: it, being social is not it's not easy. It's it's so uh I'm the same way. I'm very it's easier for me to talk uh you know kind of like uh from a distance or whatever like that. But uh when you do connect yeah. with another human like socially, like isn't it isn't it just super exciting because of the nerves that come in beforehand? Do you feel that way too?
4: Yeah, usually I uh, I just talk too much, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, too, because yeah. I I want to get out of there and <laughs> no 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 it's not that bad really. But you know uh, when I answer questions like this, it's like uh, I can't even remember what you what you asked me. It's like uh, I'm just talking, you know.
1: Yeah, no I, I totally understand no I, I, I'm the same way it's and that's the point though that's kind of like the job in the interview when you're getting interviewed is just yep. to, to talk and then but I I'm, I'm of the same school where it's like a one word answer can probably suffice but we know that's not how what we're supposed to do right now it's it's one of those things I yeah, totally get exactly. it bro but, yeah. uh,
4: but since I, I I didn't do much interviews uh, earlier uh, uh, it's just I, I did some on Arctic Thunder but now I'm just kind of dive into it because uh, you know I, I think it's interesting and uh, to doing interviews now uh, I haven't you know uh, you know so yeah I mean if people wanted to talk to me anyway I it's like i uh, I rather be forgotten you know that uh, people uh, actually listen to dark shoulder you know yeah yeah you understand oh absolutely no yeah let your art be your voice
1: why not right do you, I mean yeah. is, is there a lot of personal things though that you put in the in the new record old star or is it more of a atmospheric?
4: It's a mix of both because the, the it's a lot of personal things because when when I view back on all our other albums, uh, I see that you know every album has its own time for me as a private person. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, everything is uh, I can listen to, let's say. Yeah, let's say Total Death, for example. I know exactly everything around that era, you know. It was a completely different time and uh, I, w- I was... Uh, so, so. Uh, it's definitely personal because we put a lot of you know, mind and body into making these albums and uh, make them sound like they do and uh, so, uh yeah, now I remember. I was actually swaying away from from your question earlier because uh, I, I was saying like the we had to skip one microphone on All star so I had to plug in the guitars and bass directly into the recording table, and everybody, well, a lot of people know what that means. It means that the guitars are getting. Uh, you are not hearing the sound uh, through a, a speaker. So it sounds a bit more flat, you understand? Mm-hmm. But uh, my salvation from this was actually, I'm using a really great stomp box from Denmark actually, that uh, saved the day and make, uh, I got the guitar sound I really, really wanted on this All Star album. I didn't know I wanted it before we got got in because, uh, but you know, we had to to do some compromises and uh, I ended up plugging everything strings in 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 the mixing table. So uh, yeah,
1: cool man. So, hey, I want to thank you so much. Though I've been a fan for so many years, I know the interview things isn't the funnest thing sometimes for you, but um, I truly, truly appreciate that you took the time to talk to us and that I get to promote this record because it's one of the best of the year so far, in my opinion. So. Everybody, if you haven't no. picked up a copy of Old Star, make sure you check it out, dude. With that, Nocturnal Colt, dude, I want to thank you so much, man, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast.
4: Well, thank you. Uh, I think it was interesting, and uh, I apologize for every uh, incoherence. Uh, <laughs> I'm just talking, man. It's just, but it was, it was a pleasure. Absolutely, thank you.
1: are back guys both songs you heard is off the new record old star which is out right now the first one the hardship of the scots second one is called duke of gloat if you guys dug those songs make sure you pick up that record like i said it's it's an excellent record man all the way through and before we head on out guys we got an email from someone i did want to read to you guys
2: unleash the fat
3: mail ha 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 ha
1: Now, I'm getting the hint that you fans out there, because we get more emails about wanting more music episodes where we do lists and stuff like that weekly. I'm, I'm getting the hint they don't want the banter and they want the music episodes. Mm. So maybe we have to do a couple more. I've got like six emails right now of hard questions that we might have to just tackle to do a couple more music episodes for you guys but this one is about the music episodes we did it says hey guys long time first time so hoping this is the right contact for listener submissions he actually didn't send it to rise to offended gmail.com he for he sent it to news at metal sucks.net but axel did forward it to me so um no you sent it to the wrong location buddy but we got it <laughs> <laughs> it's all right bro We got it. (laughs) I just finished episodes 280 and 286, and being from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, I thought to share something that fits into both the EP and Canadian bands category. They would probably be filed under Hard Rock, but Death From Above's, formerly Death From Above 1979, debut EP Heads Up is a wicked release, and the band in general has been putting out great tracks for years. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks for your time and always putting out such great content. John, John? I want you to know that I went out and I listened to this record, and it's an excellent, excellent, excellent record. I appreciate the email, and I appreciate the suggestion. I read it out to the world. If you guys haven't heard this EP, check it out. But it, it, I, I, it takes me so long
2: to soak in, yeah. To Pete soak is, shit in. Pete is a guy who waits and waits before he gives a definite answer because he doesn't want to give the wrong answer. Exactly. And we're comparing this to Allison Chain's jars. Yes. And on top of that we're talking about like somebody asking your op- opinion on something and then you're going to ask it see if it goes up it a- goes over jar of flies like that's a big Well which big is hilarious
0: cuz Brandon you're the kind of guy that when someone's like what is your opinion you're like I have a fully formed one already. I have a fully formed one. Let's go.
2: I got shit
1: to do. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it when I speak of opinions that I haven't thought about cuz I usually regret that
2: oh, within 25 seconds. No well, who does not yeah. but then
0: we all just stick to it and we, we're stubborn. See, oh, I won't stick to it.
2: <laughs> see for me yeah. I get asked another question and then I completely forget. I move on. I don't even have time to reflect on my (laughs) shitty opinions that I give out.
1: (laughs) With that, John, thank you so much, buddy. Again, for the email and for the listening and the kind words. You, my friend, are appreciated by us. And thank you for the suggestion. We will definitely come back at you there. And with that, guys, everybody out there, thank you so much for the five-star reviews we keep getting on iTunes. You guys kick ass. We are nearing 200. So if you're listening, you're like, you know what? I actually like these guys. Go ahead. Four-star review? Five-star? You know, four stars are fine. I don't think we're perfect. I do. Okay, five stars it is then. That's all we need, okay? But we appreciate that, guys. We'd love to get our number up to that little echelon, if we may. And also, guys, if you haven't, please check out our other podcast, Rise to Offend. This week, we are doing an episode on a cartoonist by the name of John Callahan. I think you guys really need to know this, man. So check that out and all that. And until next week, all our friends. The Metal Sucks Podcast is
0: signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.